Hello, this is Nisha Riley of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm going to do an episode on writing a book um, as someone who has dyslexia. The reason I'm recording this is because I've taken a real break from recording the podcast and a number of people have been reaching out and asking me what's going to happen with the podcast and why haven't you been recording. And I guess the podcast in has been a form of expression for me as to what's going on in my life, what I'm currently working on, what I'm reading, what I'm thinking about, you know, new methods that I'm dreaming up and so on. And what's happened is is that the books have taken the place, I suppose, of this, this platform and this outlet for me. Um, one person has described that reading the books is a little bit like having coffee with me diary style because there's a sense that there is the, the current time and the current thinking that I'm, that I'm writing in and most of them are, are sending cafes as well. So a lot of the real sort of groupy listeners of the podcast have actually been a lot of my um, original test readers for the books. So if you, so they don't feel so left out, I suppose. Um, so if you do want to read the books, you can get in touch with me and perhaps become one of my test readers for the books um, in the meantime. And I suppose when the books are published, it'll be much easier for me to talk about the material in them and to talk about what I've been working on and what I've been thinking about. But at the moment, um, in order to not be a, a spoiler for the books, um, I'm, I'm not talking about what I'm, what I'm working on and so I'm not recording the podcast, which is a bit unfortunate. And I haven't really found a way in the last year to find a way around that. And every time that I think that I'm going to stop writing, I start writing another book. So it's quite funny, really. Like, I thought I'd be on a writing break at the moment. I've sort of found myself, you know, four and a half thousand words into a new book. And I've actually got another book rattling around in my head as well. So, so it's quite funny. Let's just do a podcast on what I've discovered in writing the books because um, I have very severe dyslexia and I'm, I'm very open about this and it's been interesting the factors that I've found that have helped me to write because I suppose for years I felt that I couldn't write and that um, I wasn't a good writer and I went the whole way through school not doing very well in English. Um, ironically, I did better in Leaving Cert German than I did in, in Leaving Cert English. The parts that have been surprising for me is that I've always needed to work in complete silence. In, in terms of writing the reports and any of the, the work that I need to do that's that's quite precise. And I used to find school very difficult because of the levels of distractions and noise. Um, it was massively important for me to sit my exams in a smaller environment for that reason. One of the surprises for me is that my initial writing, um, where I write pen to paper um, pretty much every day, I usually aim to write at least 500 words. Um, when I've been writing the books, routines I've been writing 500 words a day and when I've been writing them for adults I've been writing a thousand and so I suppose I've reached a kind of happy medium now of writing about 700 words a day. I've discovered that the best way for me to get over the blank page and to actually start to write is to do so in a cafe with a certain amount of noise. That actually having a certain stimulus in my environment um, when I'm trying to come up with the creative ideas, that that is better for me to do that out of complete silence. And I guess that doesn't really surprise me because a lot of the time when I'm prescribing help for students working, I'm saying that we're trying to do our homework in too much quiet and that there needs to be some noise, but it needs to not be an irritating noise like, you know, the washing machine going on or the television in, in the background in the room next door for something you're not actually watching. But that possibly having a certain type of noise um, in in some of the apps that are used and that sort of thing is actually quite constructive for some people. And I guess, you know, some people like the washing machine noise and the television noise. I don't. Um, so, so, you know, it, it's finding that balance, but maybe not complete silence. So I will write my initial ideas in a noisy space, but I will then come back and type up my notes later in the day um, in complete quiet. And I need quiet to be able to... 
edit and construct and polish up the sentences and actually physically, I suppose, type up the notes rather than just writing them out. I've discovered that I need to be able to write very fast. I've always known that one of the great frustrations of dyslexia is, is that your brain is going 100 miles an hour and I'm inclined to talk very fast for the same reason. Um, so your thinking process is very, very fast and your process to actually get that to the page and particularly to get to type that up can be much slower. So I've discovered that I need a pen that writes really fast. I really like writing with fountain pens, but in the past I would have used quite a fine nib fountain pen in order, or a fine line pen um, in order to have neater handwriting. But no one else is trying to read my notes except me. I do need to type them up in the same day so I can actually read them because even after a few days I'm struggling to read, read them and I do make a point at the time of correcting some of the more complicated words if I think I'm not going to figure out what I was trying to say myself. But I need to write really fast and so I'm using a broad um, nibbed fountain pen that flows the ink matters too, that it flows really, really fast. I've discovered that I've always known that the paper matters for me. I've never been a fan of lines. I find it quite constricting. I use squared paper to map out my ideas, but blank paper generally for free writing because um, I find that the lines are trying to constrain you too much. And if you are going to use lines, you need to use lines that are quite wide or you need to accept you can only write in every second line. That's the way I've got around using lined notebooks when I really haven't been able to find blank ones is to use every second line. I also only write on one side of the page, whichever one you want to pick. Um, and you write your free thoughts out on that side of the page while leaving the other side blank, which means that you can then go back and insert ideas, quotes, parts that you've missed, little pieces that you'd like to expand on, a story that you haven't included, and so on. And that helps to keep the continuity of your notes, and it allows when you've skipped ahead, um, you still have the space to fill in gaps, which I think is, is something that people with dyslexia do a lot particularly in exam environments, actually, we're notoriously bad at not having great structure on paper and maybe missing parts and then having to go back and not having the space to do that. So by actually making a decision to only write on one side of the page um, is a really good way to do it. Obviously, that the times of the day really matter. Um, I initially thought that it was better for me to write my notes in the morning for ideas and type up my notes in the evening the same day. In some ways, I find that I actually work better at typing up my notes first thing in the morning. So sometimes I now leave it. And so I may write a lot of manual notes within a day and even late into the evening and then get up early the next morning and type them up the next morning. So there is something in knowing your most articulate times. It's knowing your most creative times, but also knowing your most articulate times. And it's also knowing the things that you do to think up ideas. So for me, that's always been walking or driving and particularly listening to audiobooks um, of ideas reading at the time. I usually have anything up to seven books on the go. Usually one of those is an audiobook and the others are all books I'm reading in various formats. I find it quite useful to drive to somewhere listening to an audiobook to maybe walk and listen to an audiobook. I suppose the main apps I suppose that I've used um, as my toolkit um, for the last year are Grammarly is massive. Um, there's a very good free version of it um, the professional version picks up more of the mistakes. It has enabled me to become a better writer. There is a point where I ignore it a bit. It gives out to me a lot for writing things in a passive voice. Um, I like writing things in a passive voice, so we've had a bit of a dispute over that one. 
I use Pocket a lot, which is um, a space that you can save articles. One of the reasons I use it is not just to save articles that I want to read, and you can obviously put tags on them and find them again easier. The other reason I really like using it is that it can be, I find that with the amount of advertising online now on screens, that it's very difficult for me to read an article because there's some box flashing or there's some video trying to play or you're trying to find where the text is in the article versus the text in the advertising down the margins. Pocket allows you to have a clean version of it, an offline version to look at, which basically removes all of that extra noise, and which can be massively disruptive when you're trying to read with dyslexia. So I use Pocket a lot to read articles. I've used Insight Timer, which is a free meditation app, since the very beginning that they, that they launched it, really, and it's just improved over time. I find meditation um, massively important for the last year in terms of calming down my thought process and allowing me to kind of tap into a subconscious um, of thinking. Um, I've always used the day one online journaling app, but I guess I've got into using it more and more in the last year and I have a special folder created in the journal just for book thoughts and book ideas, book quotes and so on. And so I constantly, whenever I'm thinking of anything, I'm typing it in there. And I, when I sit down to write, I will just first thing I'll do is open up my phone and um, see what notes I've saved to go back on and to have a look at. So... I hope that's given people something to listen to. Again, it's given people some ideas. I think one of the biggest reasons that people with dyslexia think that they can't write a book, ironically, is that when you sit down and tap it up, you know, you're going to have tons of mistakes. I laugh at my grammarly stats in particular every week. I use it 99% more than other users. You know, I, from a massive word count that's checked every week. I can't remember how many words it's checked since the beginning I've got, since the beginning I've started using it, something colossal. I have a huge um, vocabulary. I have 98 to 99% usage of um, single words more than average users. So I have a massive range of words and vocabulary to use, which I didn't always have. I had to make a conscious decision to up that when I was about 9 or 10 which again is quite classic for people with dyslexia to talk about things in terms of things, stuff and it, you know, and to not have real words to describe items and objects. But my accuracy level makes me laugh. On a good week, I might get 40%. I had my best score ever of 8% accuracy um, two weeks ago when I was having a particularly challenging week. But I'm kind of... I'm on the 25% mark currently. So that just shows like the, the level of um, mistakes that are in any piece um, of documentation that I type up, any note I type up, any email I type up and so on. And it's very easy when you sit down at a computer and you've got all these mistakes shown to you to feel that you can't write. And I suppose what I've learned is I think that's the reason I not only do think as a visual person that I need to think on the page and write my notes out, I think there's nothing flashing up telling me I'm spelling it all wrong or the order that I've written the words in is not quite grammatically perfect or so on. So there's no blocks there to make me feel as if I can't write. So I think it's massively beneficial um, as somebody with dyslexia to actually write out by hand on paper mistakes and all and then to go back and correct it because you're not allowing the mistakes to make you feel as if you can't actually write.
Um, so hopefully that's been good. And um, if you do want to make contact with me, the, probably the best way to do it is through um, the Facebook page, um, Purple Psychology. Thanks very much.